Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. We are looking at Chicago and the entertainment ecosystem. And for the most part, it was artists providing talent to outside cities and not receiving the full benefit of what their talent was. That's Eddie Sanders, one-third of the folks who founded the New Vanguard, a creative coalition that supports what they call new wave creatives of color. Eric Farrow Lopez and Pilar McCurder are also co-founders, and Eddie is the chief legal officer. The three of us sat down and we said, okay, we got to identify who are the artists that are killing it in Chicago right now. Let's get them all in one room and let's say, hey, let's pitch them on the idea of we're going to help you with representation. We're going to help you with legal. We're going to help you with strategy. Strategy. We're going to help you with marketing. We're also going to help you with production. The big picture of it, the big scope of it is access. To be able to provide artists with access to fill their their dreams, fill their art. The other voice you heard in there was Chelsea Carter Sanders, creator and CEO of the Alex Carter brand, fashion designer, and co-owner of another brand, Black Women Are Essential. Chelsea is one of those artists Eddie described who's killing it. She is represented by this creative coalition. And in case you couldn't tell by their last names, Chelsea and Eddie happen to be married. Talk about a creative power couple. The new Vanguard has partnered with the Wonder Museum here in Chicago on the Creatives of Color program, which features installations by several of the artists they represent. Chelsea recently debuted her first exhibit there, which looks at the origins of denim in the United States. And surprise, surprise, it's steeped in chattel slavery. I left the exhibit in awe and so excited to talk to Chelsea and Eddie about their respective work and how they bring it together. They're the epitome of what it looks like to be true to your creative self and be about your business. A lot of times artists have these grandiose ideas, right? And they have these visions and, you know what I mean? Just like this whimsicality of, ooh, oh, yes. but no real concrete plan around the business structure to make sure that it happens and create sustainability. Being artsy is one thing, but running an actual business is another. And you and you really can't do it by yourself. Yeah. I mean, you know? when you take your art and you decide, I'm going to bring this into capitalism. 100%. You have to yeah. <laughs> make yeah. some decisions, you know. Sure yeah, indeed. for sure. Um, from what I understand about the new Vanguard, is also about community. Right? It's so easy to work in silos. And we learn so much about valuing competition over collaboration. And I'm just always so delighted and impressed to see when people are like, actually, we're going to do that collaboration thing here. Can you talk about the value of working with other artists as you bring yourself forward? Chelsea, why don't you start? Yeah, I I think that being against and and next to such great artists to me is extremely challenging. And I feel very inspired by that. Mm. Um, And I want to give my best, like each and every time, you know, because... Like you're not even like representing only your own thing, which is a lot. And we've all worked very hard for our own thing. Mm. But now we're also representing everything that they've built, too. You know what I mean? So there's a code of like responsibility, accountability, camaraderie and yeah, definitely community in that. Yeah. 
it's a, it's a cultural thing as well when it comes to competition versus community. For a, a long period of time, for, for a lot of throughout our culture, we've been given scraps. So we haven't been able to see the bigger picture and being able to say there's enough for all of us. So now when we get the little piece that we finally get, we hold on to it so tight that we don't want to share. Yeah. So it was important for us to break down that wall and let people know like, hey, there's enough access for us. There's enough resources for all of us. If we move together, we can move a lot further than we would solo. Yeah, we can all eat. Yeah. yeah. Chelsea, what has that been like working with artists of different mediums also? Expansive. Like you think, <laughs> you you can think. So like, for instance, sitting down in a room, because this, the, the Wonder Museum exhibit, we all sat down, me, Tubbs, Nico, and Shawnee all sat down in a room and we were just talking about our exhibits. And... What's beautiful there is that nobody has the same medium at all. Like, everybody's medium is extremely different. Wow, okay. Um, But we all sat down and talked through, like, the way in which we may approach it and then gave feedback. Yeah. We're so immersed in our art. The beauty about overlapping mediums is that there's more than one way to view art. There's more than one way to experience it. And there's also more than one way to illustrate it and, like, showcase it, too. You know what I mean? And But everybody can have input, no matter your medium or not. This is a, a partnership, and this is a collective that's focused on creators of color. And to hear that everybody has such disparate mediums that they're working in, it just makes me think about representation. You know, there's the working in silos, and then there's the, you know, pigeonholing. I think about scaling your work also from what you do in your home, in your studio, moving into a larger platform in front of folks. What does that process look like for helping artists to scale their work and be represented, right, Um, when you're working with that with the new Vanguard? Eddie? It's all about planning for the most part. Because most artists, they have these beautiful ideas, right? They're amazing. And our job is to come in and move backwards in a sense, right? So we see their end goal and what their installation is going to look like, and then we have to work ourselves backwards and saying, okay, you want to have a, a faucet that's flowing water in this in this building. How can we get that done? Okay, now let's look into the fabrication people that can handle that for us, right? So it's always just about meeting the artists where they are creatively, but then bringing our business acumen to the table mm-hmm. to be able to flush out all those ideas essentially. I'll also add to that, too, because the part of representation that doesn't really get talked about a lot is autonomy over your narrative as well. Okay. Because in doing that, you know what I mean? You have I'm fully represented, right? Because this is my personal story and it belongs to only me. But giving the tools, resources and everything required in order to tell that story is where the proper infrastructure and foundation comes in from the new vanguard. Yeah. Because it's also important to note that even same races, same genders, we all have a different story, right? There's a black kid in Atlanta, Georgia, who has a different story. There's a black woman that lives in the UK, has a different story. We're all black, but there's a different story being told from each one of those people. So it's important for us to allow them to speak freely. When we work through our contracts, that's one of the main things I'm always looking at, making sure that the artists can tell their story however they want. The brand can't come in and say, change this up. The museum can't come in and say, change this up. We want to see this. We want them to give their authentic story because there are so many different stories that come from people of color, not just one monolithic lane, like you said, being pigeonholed or something yeah. like that. Right? Yeah. Eddie, I know you 
work and teach and have podcasted around intellectual property law. Yes. There's an ongoing conversation right now about how platforms like Spotify and Pandora um, really factor into that conversation. And I'm wondering, how do you advise artists to make sure that they're balancing the exposure that those platforms might give them versus actually being compensated and paid properly? Uh, first and foremost, Spotify, if you're listening, you need to pay artists a lot more than what you're doing right now. So let's please let's get that together. <laughs> pay your artists, right? You got <laughs> you can do the math on how much you're bringing in each month. You can, yeah, pay the artists a little bit more. But when it comes to anything working with the brand or making sure you're getting proper exposure in exchange for currency, we want to just make sure we understand the value of our work. That's the main thing when it comes to intellectual property is noting that how valuable music is, how valuable film is, how long these things last, how long you can generate revenue off them. So don't think, don't be short-sighted thinking, okay, for this five, $10,000 deal, I'll give up the rights to this music that's going to last for the rest of my life, plus 70 years after I die. So one of the things we do at The New Vantage is making sure that before we sell any intellectual property or license any intellectual property, have we created enough value in it that when we go sit down at the negotiation table, we're able to ask for a lot more than we normally could. So if you're sitting in ownership of your music as opposed to have done a deal with the label, if we go sit down with a a music company and they say, hey, we want to have your music in this film, we want to do a sync deal, now we can ask for a lot more because now we're showing structure and saying, hey, we have true ownership in this. You don't have to go to any third parties to get anything cleared. You come directly to us. We can do a deal for how long you want to do it, let's say five, ten years, whatever the case may be. After those ten years, we'll revisit this conversation because now we know in the back of our heads ten years from now it's going to be worth even more. Wow, what a gem. Um, that's, I mean, like the value of having this person, you know, in your corner, you know, that's amazing. Um, Chelsea, you know, you've designed for all these different people. You've been on Project Runway. You've worked with Sizzy. you work with, you know, Erica Badu. I'm sure I'm missing people also that you've worked with. How do you really keep your story as yourself and, and keep yourself authentic when you're kind of, working in all of these spaces where people may want different things of you, you know, be asking different things of you. So my grandmother, my late grandmother, who is no longer with me now, but she always taught me that whatever your end goal is, the only way through is through, like, consistency. You have to remain consistent in whatever it is that you want to do. So I think that the way that I've allowed for my story to remain mine and also like super authentic is that I feel like I've been extremely consistent. Mm. So really creating a compelling story that evolves as you evolve personally, I think is very captivating. People are here for your story. Yeah. You know, and I mean, so they want that on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's connected to much more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think about influence? Influence is such an overly used word right now. Yes. But um, <laughs> I do think about influence. and but well, tell, I, me, tell me about the over. I mean, yeah, tell me about like how, tell me about your feelings there. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you open up any social media, anything, yeah, it's, it's influencer, influencer right? like, yeah. you know, everything is being, you know. But we're casually, you are influenced beyond social media. Like, the word influence has larger legs and, you know, heftier roots than just Instagram and TikTok. But I think that my pause on it, I think, is that a lot of people are being influenced for, like, things that really aren't even that cool. 
um, just for shock value and, mm. you know, a lot of hype beasting and things like that. So that that lane of influence, I don't really like enjoy. But, uh, you know, when you speak of community, right, like in how the new Vanguard, I'm influenced by my homies and all of these artists that I'm, I stand beside to continuously do my best. But I'm also influenced by my supporters in a lot of ways, too. I think the word should be recycled in a way. You know what I mean? That's the way that I feel like it should be you yeah. know, done, you know. But that's not <laughs> that's not the case. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think you go into it with the intention of, oh, I want to influence X, Y, and Z. But you stick to your moral codes, you stick to your foundation, and just naturally you engage with the audience and you mm. influence them. Like people love your story because it's, a genuine story. So yes. it's, it's not like, oh, I got to wake up and put on makeup and then lay in the bed and act like I just woke up. <laughs> that situation, no. Yeah. It's like, this is really me, and I think you influence people more that way than trying to. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the installation, Acres of Untold History. This is its own thing, and it's also a preview of sorts, right, for your fields? Yeah. Yeah. Um, collection that's mm-hmm. capsule mm-hmm. that's coming out. Yeah. I love that word capsule. I mean, it's just like it's such a better word than collection. It is. Um, <laughs> it really is. You know, I know a lot of what the new Vanguard talks about is looking back at your roots in order to but but also pushing a cult, like pushing a culture forward. And this installation is really doing a lot of that. You know, you're you're looking back at this part of chattel slavery and I'm wondering how that has impacted your thinking of design and expressing going forward. Yeah, I really do think that the, a lot of people believe it, but I truly believe the, in order to see through where you're headed, you need to be super tapped into where you've come from. So when I was on Project Runway, one of the episodes that I was on top for was an upcycled episode. And it was an upcycled challenge. We had to go to the thrift store and like make a look for Heidi. I mean, not Heidi, um, Carly Claus too to wear to the CFDA award somewhere in Paris. And we had to make her extremely American in this other, you know, country. So I was like, I instantly walked in and I was like, I'm going to only use jeans. <laughs> I'm not going to buy anything that stretches. I'm just going to go mm. straight for the American. Cause it's nothing is to me, nothing is more American than, than. Yeah. That's so, what they say. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got like, I don't know, 15, 16 pairs of jeans, and I made a top and a pair of super wide leg pants, um, and I was on top for that one. So when I got home, I was, like, really enamored and moved by upcycling. Then the pandemic hit. I had zero access to fabric stores, but I did have access to a friend who owned a thrift store in L.A. So he had to shut down, but he was able to send me boxes of shirts, so people are just so drawn to it. The demand, I guess, I was able to create a demand and supply these one-of-one exclusive pieces. And in doing so, I realized that I was tapping into my grandmother and, like, how we used to thrift every weekend. Like, she and I, she was teaching me at a young age how to find treasure and trash and things that had been discarded from yeah. other people. So... To me, that was like connecting the dots. I was connecting the dots to my heritage and my personal story of what I come from, but also being able to share it. So this exhibit is symbolic of that to Mm -hmm. me because I am paying homage to really setting the record straight, to be honest, that, you know, this this beautiful American textile was created on the backs of black and African captives. 
all the way down to the indigo dye as well. You know, before cotton became a commodity, the indigo dye was. Mm -hmm. And so just really pausing to pay reverence to that, but also to create, again, storytelling, an expressively informative experience. So it's, it's so much bigger than just me to me. And it's important that you do something with your platform. Yeah. Um, and I, I come from a long line of educators as well. Both of my grandmothers were principals. So any teachable moment I, I can find, <laughs> I'm going I'm, to I'm figure that thing out, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, too, when we tell stories or tell the history of slavery, it's so much trauma wrapped into it. Right? They just force feed trauma to make you feel a certain way. And the one thing I love about her exhibit is it's like this beautiful story of how even through the hardships of slavery, we were able to come up with something as beautiful mm-hmm. as denim. Yeah. A lot of what you're doing, too, with this exhibit is working with garments to tell a story about garments. And it's giving me all these thoughts about process versus product. And I wonder how do those relate to you? What's the relationship between process and product for you in in your work? Whenever anybody asks me what type of designer I am, I always say I'm an emotional one. Mm. I truly let my heart and my spirit and whatever I'm feeling in that moment and in that time speak freely. Uh, and I'm and and over time because it's been eight years now. So over time, I allow for functionality and innovation to coexist because. You know, everybody needs a pair of pants. Why do they need mine, though? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Everybody would like a jacket, but why? what's going to be the wow and niche factor that I'm going to make them come to me? Uh, and I think it's definitely the vehicle of storytelling that adds value to that. But also the upcycling pieces are moving well because people are really drawn to the idea that they have the only one that exists. You know what I mean? And they're buying into sustainability. And being eco-friendly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that clause, too. So the process really looks like staying true to that um, and allowing for it to resonate to those that do want to support it. But the product is a result of the process and that story. Compo- like everything is so fused together mm. um, that I don't really see the end result, I mean, you know, you start at a design and then sometimes you do end up, okay, well, we had to omit the pocket because of this or we had to change the zipper. There are always going to be those nuances, right? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the end result is due to all of the other mechanisms that went into getting there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Thinking about it intently, functionality, durability of fabric, um, how many body types can wear this. Yeah, You know, it has to be multifaceted in a lot of different ways as well just to remain as inclusive as we can. So the process looks like being wide enough so that a lot of people can fit. Yeah. yeah. I heard you say that you this is your first exhibit. Usually you're doing, what would you say, like fashion shows when you're kind of putting your... Yeah, pop-ups. Yeah, pop-ups. Yeah. How, mm-hmm. how has this process been different? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I didn't know what to expect. It's like a collection. It's like building a collection. And that is like very, you know, near and dear to my heart. But it's the scale and getting every detail like together is so much different than and also like 
repetition. I'm so used to putting out a collection at this point. I know exactly what to expect. I know what hiccups to that we may endure. But you like, don't have like an indigo bucket. No, no. And I'm like, <laughs> how can one build a 12 foot denim tree? Like, how yeah. how do you even go about that? You know what I mean? And how do you make it like in your face without like, geez, Louise, it was a lot. Um, but I think starting with that plan of storytelling, like I sat down, like he said, for hours. And I was like, OK, I want four pillars. Here's why I want these pillars. Here's what they will be named. Here's why they are important. And here are just contextually some ideas of how they could live in the space. And then I, you know, left it to the hands in the hands of the fabricator because, whew, but we did work together because I am very involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a lot, but I'm so grateful for the way that it turned out and the way that it's being received. Like the staff at Wonder is like, girl, they are stopping and they are crying and it is great. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is, that's good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Eddie, I know that this is one of many installations that the new Vanguard is is working on over the next year with Wonder Museum. What are you excited about seeing going forward? Or what is it about this partnership that's getting you excited? I'm just excited because the company has really grown pretty fast as far as like the deals we've been able to take on. So I'm just excited to see where we're at next year. We have some potential festivals that we're going to be doing some activations in. But this Wonder Museum collaboration was amazing because now it's a, it's a little proof of concept for us as well. Mm. So now we can go to people and say... Oh, that's a blessing. <laughs> you know, now, now we can go to people, yeah. other brands, and say, hey, look at this series of installations we put together. like, And look at the numbers we did with this installation. Now you should open up that bank and pay us a little bit more so now we can keep continue to help these artists but i think that's just the exciting part of it i don't think we've even sat down and said what's next yet because we're still in the moment but i really feel like this is going to be the start of just an amazing and back to my ecosystem thing an amazing system that's going to be set up in place where we're able to like provide a lot of access and funding to artists based upon this relationship i'm excited yeah, yeah. it's gonna be cool i wish you the best going forward Eddie Sanders is the chief legal officer at the new Vanguard. Eddie, thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for opening up your space to us. And Chelsea Carter Sanders is the creator and CEO of Alex Carter and co-owner of Black Women Are Essential. Chelsea, thank you. Thank you so much for these very thoughtful questions (laughs) and for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You can see Chelsea's exhibit, which is called Acres of Untold History at the Wonder Museum now through May 15th. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Katie O'Connell was the engineer for this episode and our theme music is by Louis Weeks. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday morning. Monday morning.